1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
2: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is a deep dive. We're going to dive deep into a big, soothing, cool pool of bhakta to talk about lightsaber fights. And maybe went a little overboard describing the Bakta, because it's real hot in Los Angeles, where Ken and I are recording. We're happy to be here to talk about lightsabers. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
6: I'm Kat Ah, uh, That Bacta is cool. I'd love to just dip my feet in it right about now. Heal the feet. <laughs> cool me down. Uh, it is uh, one of those days. And, you know, fans uh, create noise. So you have to re- record in not only silence. You have to record in heat. But, hey, we're heroes is what we're saying. We're brave in the heat to talk about Star Wars. Now, this is going to be a lot of fun. And this this, this one, this Lightsabers fight uh, series as we get into it, and you're going to explain what we're talking about, it isn't just about Bacta. It's also about Led Zeppelin riffs. If uh, you recall that me. that's been (laughs) playing in my head all morning.
2: Understandably so. So yeah, listen, uh, listeners, for Audible sweat drops, uh, depending on how long we go as we get into the magic of lightsaber fights, part seven, we are discussing the lightsaber fights of The Last Jedi. But before we begin, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are continuing to recommend Padawan by Kirsten White. It is a great Obi-Wan adventure a very young obi-wan adventure. Uh, if you want to give that a listen, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com/forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com/forcecenter for your free audiobook. It helps us and hey, you get some free obi-wan kenobi in your ears. Give it a shot. Uh all right Ken, are you ready to get into these last Jedi fights, battles, duels? Question mark.
6: I am. Ta-da. Yeah, that's not that's a bad Led Zeppelin riff. <laughs>
2: that's a bad one. Now, I, I think I know the meme you're talking about, but remind yeah. me of the meme.
6: The meme was you you take the clip of uh Ray and Kylo going back to back, slow motion, and then I think it was the Led Zeppelin riff first, and then people just start adding any song to it, and yeah. every meme seemed to work.
2: <laughs> yeah, there it, it, it must be just shot at the right tempo that a, a yeah. solid. <laughs> steady beat lines up because a lot of them lined up i remember a couple of them didn't but <laughs> yeah 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 as,
6: as as the meme moves on yeah so, yeah exactly it's in my head i was watching it all morning i just kept hearing hearing all these
2: songs in my brain you are a true uh disc jockey you can't look at a lightsaber <laughs> fight without uh syncing up the music <laughs> <laughs> that's so true Uh, If you are just catching this episode, we've been doing a series now where we look at lightsaber fights because they are such a key part of the thrill, the fun action adventure, and the core mythological character-based themes of Star Wars. That We've discussed all the original trilogy duels, all the prequel battles, and we are in the middle of the sequel showdowns. This episode, we're diving into the unconventional battles of The Last Jedi, including... Ray and Kylo versus Snoke's Praetorian Guards and Kylo versus Luke's projection and arguably Kylo's own hubris. Ken, big picture, Mm. how do you feel that the two major lightsaber battles in The Last Jedi are not necessarily straightforward duels between two to three characters? Obviously, it's not lightsaber on lightsaber in the Praetorian Guard, and, and a lot of people make the distinction that Luke isn't actually physically there. It's projection. How do you feel about that?
6: Yeah. To those people, I say, yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, I have come to understand the complaints and I acknowledge them. And what I mean by that is you can even hear my voice. I'm defensive. I'm ready to fight. We spent most of uh, late 2017 and 2018 just yelling at each other at the dinner table, not you and I, Jennifer, but just the Star Wars fandom. Right. And, and there was a there was actually a a, a fight, a, a, a verb, not a physical fight, of course, a, a verbal a dispute, we'll say. Debate over uh, this in, in an old office I worked in, where just someone, someone was just so convinced that the only true fight that was in this uh, movie was a stupid stick fight. And man, I, that, that, my, you know, ah, my scales went up and, and, uh, it turned into a debate. And so once that all kind of, um, uh, settled in, I, uh, I understand where it comes from and I acknowledge, um, what's going on, but I love these two duels and consider them lightsaber fights.
2: Yeah, not, not surprisingly, uh, I agree that they're lightsaber fights since we were covering them <laughs> in our episodes about lightsaber fights. I, I'm the same way. I, I acknowledge that they are different, and anybody who would watch this film, any Star Wars fan, and say, I really prefer more traditional duels, well, that, that's totally understandable. I understand we all have preferences. I kind of like to acknowledge that they're very different, and I think the variety is good. I think if this was like, this is the new trajectory of all lightsaber fights, they all have a little twist like this, you know, Um, I would maybe have a different thought. But this is just one film. And I, I think that it's really good to have variety. I think in the big picture for me, I love The Last Jedi, but I do think The Last Jedi puts more emphasis on myth and theme. Uh, then the sort of pulpy adventure serial. And I think that goes to kind of the the pacing and the tone and even the structure of the fights. And I wouldn't want that for every Star Wars film, but I don't mind it at all for one uh, particular Star Wars film. And I think for the last Jedi, it, it really uh, it really made a good impression because the Ray and Kylo against the guards, was such a nice surprise, right? There's there's the meme in the discussion about uh, in the criticism uh, where, where people say Ryan Johnson is just subverting expectations to subvert them. I don't think that's what the film is doing. I think the film is questioning big ideas of Star Wars only to have them validated at the end. But I think within the film he is using expectations to surprise us. We expected a ray and Kylo fight, so we're surprised to see them fight together. And for me it was a pleasant surprise, right? Um Luke spends the entire film saying, I am not going to do that. And then you're just like, you're watching you're like he is doing it and he doesn't have the right lightsaber. What is going on? And in the first viewing of both of these, it successfully yeah. surprised me, not by subverting expectations in some childish way, but actually playing with expectations to create surprise. Uh, so I think I appreciate uh, both of the fights for what they are and for kind of the freshness that they did bring to the first viewing.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I really agree with that. And, and, and also again, I want to acknowledge just everything around it. I just think eventually there was too many arguments about it and it became exhausting on a lot of levels, but as, as everything kind of dies down again, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat, like it, it, I understand the, the discussion, but I, I really stand strong and in, in the idea that it wasn't just uh to be cute or a subversion of, of what, uh, you know, of star Wars itself. It was, it was so thematic. You're so right. These are big, big theme fights. <laughs> <It's almost laughs> and I think they're also both choices that came from a love of some of the big duels before this film. The, the, the throne room showdown aspect is very clear. J- Johnson and his team has said that we would a, hey, this idea of what if Praetorian guards, that's uh, kind of like, what if the, the, the Royal guards were fighting? Like that's gonna a few mm-hmm. times. Um, and, and this idea of older heroes making a last stand for, the, for this big purpose of moving the next generations uh, forward, like that's Kenobi stuff from New Hope. Like it, it, so it comes from a real love and understanding of Star Wars. And, uh, and it did surprise me. And we're going to talk about first impressions. But, you know, it, it, people have different reactions to it. I, I'll say this. In, in, in uh, working on, on uh, that book I wrote, the Why We Love Star Wars, I got in a, like a, a big email debate with editors over this and I, mm. I wrote about this scene and, and they and they ended up making some right calls to force me to rewrite this essay about this a little bit to focus on. which fight the 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 rank the rank Ran kilo versus mm. the praetorian guards and they and i had said something in here about how kind of was a little bit of a surprise angle and and and, and the note was like we were never surprised we were never surprised, and, and this one particular editor was really upset. We're never, we were never surprised. I knew I knew the whole time he was going to kill Snoke. I was like, that, that's not what I was talking about, about the surprise. It was kind of where it <laughs> happened in the film. It was about what was going on, and what is it saying, and, and and that kind of surprise. Not that, you know, the, the killing of the Snoke early in the film, like, that was a surprise from a certain point of view, just overall. And I know a lot of people don't love that either, but. Anyways, this film continues to inspire conversations, let's just say that. Uh, But at the end of the day, I I really think
2: it was done with great purpose. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I I think that there is, to me, there's always been this sense of Last Jedi of like absolute reverence for Star Wars of uh, let's get our action figures out and play. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've never taken any effort at surprise or a different perspective or a different uh, twist is anything thumbing its nose at star Wars. And I know some people uh, feel that way and, but I don't personally. And I also want to be sure to say, it's one thing to talk about, Hey, Ray and Kylo versus a Praetorian Praetorian guards isn't lightsaber on lightsaber. Okay. Uh, That's not a duel per se. Mm -hmm. Um, Luke and Kylo is a duel. Um, And in some ways it's a return to the absolute, roots of uh what a, a a sword duel is you know it is uh, so much rooted in like the classic film kurosawa duels so i want to be sure to acknowledge that as well that it might be a little bit of a twist on what we've seen in star wars uh but it is really harkening back to what star wars itself was inspired by
6: yeah i really agree with that and they're just so big parts of this film and the story um it makes a lot of sense i'm sure there might be some people yelling at us but you tried to cut out grievous and kenobi from sith and we ended up talking (laughs) about it but uh, just that has a different feel to it it's about different things where this is a a a duel in in many ways both of these yeah
2: no yeah the the souls are on display so let's get into it uh ray and kylo versus the praetorian guards after defying his master snoke and cutting him apart Kylo sends the Skywalker blade into Rey's outstretched hand. Rey and Kylo then launch into a battle against Snoke's eight Praetorian guards, who are uh, no longer guarding, but more avenging, we'll discuss. Uh, The fight begins at around one hour and 44 minutes. It is intercut with a scene of the resistant transports being blown away, Finn confronting DJ, and finally, uh, Kylo ends this fight by finishing the last guard at one hour and 47 minutes. And then, you know, there's some dialogue too. So, Ken... Mm -hmm what are your current feelings on this fight and have they changed over the years?
6: Well, I am uh, sad to report for maybe uh, some of the audience, uh, my love for this sequence has only gotten stronger over the years. (laughs) Uh, Still one of my favorite sequences in Star Wars. That's all of Star Wars, the saga. And it has, um, to me, a lot to do with the symphony of action coming to a fine point from all the things in this sequence, the Finn, the Rey, the the Holdo, uh, all that stuff is kind of coming together and it just makes this entire section... Feel bigger, but I I love the, the the throne room setting. I love what happens in there, and and the look of the field. This fight is both like this beautiful art piece and and, and a loud rock show. Again, going to that, <laughs> what a lot of people turn it into, uh, it is that. And and uh, we we always talk about our our cheer moments in the theater, right? We Yoda grab it, coming into the fight with Dooku and all the stuff. Ray catching that blade, her standing the slow motion back to back shot was this like three part harmony of applause. Mm-hmm. Um, in my first couple viewings because I, I saw you know I was fortunate to go to the premiere that was a different experience and then the, like the the like a general audience it, it, the reaction was the same i was even at the director's guild like my third or fourth viewing the reaction was the same uh it's just ooh ah ah like that worked every time uh in the early days so i love it um so again the only thing that's probably changed is i just dig it even more
2: yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really loved it then. and I, I still love it now. I think I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciated it then and there are other like kind of little moments that I appreciate even more as it, as it goes on, mm-hmm. but I think it is, it's such an applause moment because of the, the Snoke and the catch and the the music yeah. it pumping up in the, the look between Ray and Kylo of like, we're doing this right. We are fighting back to back, which mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we'll talk about more. Um, I think it is one thing that works for me because uh, the last Jedi isn't as fast and furious with the action set pieces as some star Wars that it's this explosion from like, Oh, we're kind of getting the, the, the groove of a, of a deep indie film with a little bit of action here and there. And here's this huge explosion, right? Everything builds to it. And it's an explosion of a uh, surprising, beautiful, visceral action. Um, yeah. And I think it's really it, it's effective to me because it, it truly feels like Ray and Kylo are are fighting for their lives that they are facing mm-hmm. the immediate consequences of their actions. So I think uh, I always appreciate it from mm-hmm. like this doesn't feel like eh we're just going through the motions got to do a fight <laughs> you know yeah. it yeah. feels like I am there with Ray and Kylo in every second of the fight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also I also feel like, you know, exactly what uh, Ryan Johnson has said in interviews, the the Praetorian guards were very clearly in their design and in their function, a riff on the emperor's royal guard that, you know, you and I both had action figures of back in yeah. the early 80s and stared at and went like, what if they ever fought? What did they do? They, they got to poke somebody with those things, right? And you know I know they do in the EU, but it was it was it was really fun to see that uh, in action to see the actual. Royal guards in action. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that I have always appreciated, but has it, it, my appreciation has grown of to me, this fight is one of those moments where it is absolutely elevated space fantasy. It is, uh, two people with laser swords fighting a bunch of guards with weird, almost over the top, like electro whips, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, And yet it is entirely relatable because it's this very specific tension when something deep and weird and surprising happens in an intimate relationship, Mm. but you can't deal with it right now. You got to deal with this other public thing first. And that's, that's so to me like the look between Ray and Kylo of like, are we doing this? Like, they it feels like they both want to talk right you know it it feels like uh you know you just agreed to start dating someone uh but now you immediately need to go to work (laughs) dinner you know tomorrow dinner tomorrow okay yeah dinner tomorrow we'll talk about what this actually meant or like even like a kiss and then look okay but now we can't talk about what that meant you know yeah that's the way this this fight feels to me and it gives it this really interesting emotion uh, I love that. I love that. Especially there's some
6: looks that uh, Kylo has when it, right before it really breaks off where he's kind of looking at the guards like, ah,
2: all right. Yeah. Okay. We got to do this
6: too. Okay. got it. Got it, got it.
2: <laughs> we want to talk about our feelings, but I guess, <laughs> you know, we need to fight for our lives first, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think my biggest change over the years is uh, I've always enjoyed Ray's energy in this fight, which we'll talk about more in the big scream. And I even remember talking about it uh, on Force Center Long before Rise of Skywalker came out, but I really enjoy watching Rey's anger, her primal scream. Mm. Now that we have Rise of Skywalker and know that that is something that she is thinking about, that she is wrestling with, of how much anger does she have in her soul, given all of the rough things she's experienced in life, and it's really fun to watch this. And like, oh, a lot. She feels a lot of anger. A lot. Yeah,
6: <laughs> she's letting out some stuff, some primal scream therapy from the early seventies going on here right now. That is right. Uh, she is screaming to Zeppelin. There we go. <laughs> uh, there you go. A little legend cold turkey in there, too. Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So let's analyze what's going on with these characters. This is a very different fight. So uh, for you, what's at stake? Why are the characters fighting? Uh, what is victory for them? Let's start with, you know, the guards. Uh, <laughs> Why are they fighting? <laughs> what's victory for them?
6: i love the guards there i love that yeah yeah we're going to discuss that uh there's this overall it's funny i you know that, that's a, oh that's a great you, you 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 subverted my expectations of the questioning there for start of them um you you put you just said this overall theme in, in, in your previous uh, segment there that i loved which is the immediate consequences of choices right uh, mm-hmm. and, and your actions and star wars is we always say star wars is about choices we put on our professor glasses star wars is about choices and here's a sequence that's like cool you made some choices Deal with it. The Praetorian <laughs> Guards have made some choices, and that includes delayed action. <laughs> delayed action, and I love that. I look, but also it's it's part of the theme. Look how cool they are, and yeah, they're right. They're a little awkward and something like some. I, there's some helmets I'd want to wear versus other helmets if I was a Praetorian Guard. Um, we also know a little bit more of the of the um, details that were revealed in like uh, you know visual dictionaries and stuff that they are they're they're in pain in those outfits mm, a constant mm-hmm. stream of pain so it's this uh you look badass you are badass you got some skills you got some weapons and you have decided to stand there and stand there silently and you could argue they didn't necessarily do their protection job really well so it becomes <laughs> as you said an avenge, uh, here and an, Avenger, a, another, a, a dark Avengers team right here. And I know there are the dark Avengers. I understand. Uh, so <laughs> anyways, I, I think that is at stake. What's at stake for them is their pride, <laughs> maybe shame, uh, and, uh, and, uh, avenging the loss of, uh, the one there to protect.
2: Yeah, no, I think, I think it is. It's uh punishment. It yeah. might be their, their motivation, but I think it's also about, um, proving their worth. Um, yeah. And maybe about halfway through the fight, uh, self-defense. <laughs> yep. Oops. Yep. Mm-hmm. Trying to live through it. No, I really love this picture of, you know, this projection of strength, but also fear from Snoke, right? Um, one of the things I love about the sequel trilogy and Last Jedi in particular is obviously Snoke and the First Order have a, a ton of power. Ray kind can, of can't do anything. He, he invades her mind. It's visceral. It's horrible. He has all this power. But it is also about fear. It's uh, everything is about. We gotta run Luke Skywalker down because if he even smiles, eight hundred Jedi will be born, yeah. <laughs> and everyone yeah. in the galaxy will have hope. It's so fear based. Um, and there's something about the guards of like, okay, I'm on my huge, impressive, impossible to attack ship, right? Yeah. Then I'm in. I'm in my inner sanctum of my you know well defended uh, ship. I myself am an incredibly powerful force user, and I still have eight people standing around as my guards. It's just like, uh, I feel like the Praetorian guards must have this, uh, this uh, perspective of like, we are the last line of defense. We are trained for anything. We are on high alert, and we just blew it. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> right i mean i think there's a there's that great moment where they're so hyper alert right where kylo just stands aggressively when talking to snoke earlier yeah snoke is easily defends himself with his bouncing his little uh dark side lightning off the floor and they're already out there with their weapons right like somebody sneezes wrong and they're out with their weapons and somehow they just got caught uh with their red armor pants down on this one <laughs> light whips flapping in the wind indeed yeah i,
6: I, I really like that yeah no it, it becomes almost a a uh you know a job uh uh you know um you know justifying your job <laughs> yep it's an interview they're meeting with the bobs from the office uh, office space film there
2: yeah it, it, <laughs> what it's the just really you say you do here what is it? so if you defend Snoke, tell me about all the pieces he's in, yeah. <laughs> and it says something about, too, that they're not just like uh, the rest of the first Kylo lies obviously about what happened there, but you yeah. get the sense that you know, the first story is just going to pivot to the next leadership role, right? And right. there's no sense of that, of like, oh, hey, Kylo, I guess you're the boss now, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's gotta go he's gotta go uh to me speaks to their loyalty to Snoke their training but also the like uh we need uh, we need to get our worth back by at least killing this guy who killed the boss that we totally failed to defend
6: yeah then Hux can take over and we'll really need to protect him so
2: (laughs) we will need to protect the heck out of him yeah for sure uh So let's. uh, I want to start here with Kylo and Rey, and then we can Mm -hmm. can go where you want. I want to discuss them uh, individually, of course. Yeah. Uh, But I think there's something interesting in this fight that they are very much in sync, in my opinion. I think they both have just the kind of absolute surface level of what's their motivation. It's not die initially, right? It's it's just survival. It's there's a consequence to taking out Snoke. These guards are coming for them. Either they're going to fight for their lives or they're not. but I think in their fight, they're both in this place where, uh, right beyond this fight, in their mind is their heart's desire. Right? Yeah. In this fight, they're still in that space where they've they both read a truth uh, from one another's minds uh, or perceived truth, but they have misinterpreted what that's going to mean to one another's choice of action. And they're in this beautiful moment of we're in sync and both thinking like if we can get through this fight. Uh, We just kissed, but after we both have to go to work, then we can talk about a relationship, you know? Uh, And I think that's really fascinating that they're they're fighting to survive, but they're also fighting because right on the other side of surviving is what they truly want. Mm.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: It is almost uh, if this was a rom com, this would be like
6: some uh, awkward, cute scene where they're both talking about different things, but they think they're talking about the same thing, right? <laughs> and they get to the end of the end of the dinner, and oh, you didn't, oh, oh, you didn't oh, yeah. want to go to Paris, oh, uh, no, I was talking about Mexico City, oh my gosh, oh, how awkward. Oh. Yeah,
2: Paris, Texas. Oh, I misread this relationship.
6: Yeah, and it's and it's it signals crossed. But I love what you're saying. It's it's such a key point of of there's truths in both of them, and they're definitely picking up on it. And and again, there this is a fight about decisions. Most most fights you might say are, but yeah, it, it, it it's what's on the other end of it. Let's survive to get to that shared goal, right? And then they both get to that, and like, oopsie, no. And I think it's it's Ray's. Uh, you read her face. Um, more clearly on oh oh yeah i missed that one okay got it got it got it i'm, I'm breaking it down in a simple fashion but i really i think you're right i think it's what's on the other end
2: collectively. yeah and i mean i i think i think obviously we've talked a lot about how this throne room encounter is coded uh with a knowledge of star wars to read like the return of the jedi scene down to a couple mm-hmm. specific shots and beats right and in you do have the reaction of what is this ultimate scene from the third movie doing in, you know, the end of the second act of the second movie, right? Yeah. Um, And I think it's partially to get us in Kylo and Ray's mindset because I think their misinterpretations make them both think this is about to be over the whole thing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kylo thinks if Ray will come with him, well, that's it. He's going to finish crushing the measly resistance and we're done. Uh, and Ray thinks Kylo's going to turn and be the hero the Resistance needs, and the First Order is going to crumble. It'll be great.
6: I I really applaud that that take on. it. I really love that, especially the, the shots of you know the fleet. Right? It's almost like you, you hear Palpatine in, in, in the background going, "Once again, we're watching the fleet. So for this time, it's going to go well." Uh, and and how it's not just the audience; it's the characters. They obviously the characters haven't watched Star Wars, but it <laughs> has a lot of this third act third film climactic uh, vibe to it and you're right you get the other end of it and it's almost just begun for the both of them uh, and and that's what i find particularly powerful about the, about the ending of the fight and the overall uh, vibe
2: yeah yeah i mean you got the the elevator shot the binders coming off of ray in mm-hmm. very similar to luke all sorts of stuff that codes it that way but you're right it is not about the audience uh, it's about the characters so what are your thoughts then on uh, either kylo and ray together or individually what what's at stake for them, what they're specifically fighting for.
6: Yeah. Looking at Kylo, uh, breaking it apart there. Um, and by all means, we can bounce back to the team. Uh, but I at Kylo. I, 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 he's so fractured, right? We know this and we know this and he runs all the way through him. But at this point he's, I think he's fighting for his identity. I, I, I think he 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 makes a choice in this fight going in, you know, the beginning of this fight. He just makes this choice. He makes it going in and kind of confirms it through his maybe perceived uh, victory in his mind. Again, they, but they both get to the end and, yay, we've won, and, and it's not the case. I, I've always looked at it as he becomes Kylo Ren in this moment, uh, mm-hmm. and now everything after in the story is a threat to this choice to me mm. Every, everything is this like i i i i've wanted to be this i've been i'm i benham kylo and that yes uh, that continues right it, 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 we know that his journey isn't over but again going to your point he thinks i made this choice and now everything after including palpatine showing back up i better put my helmet back on because he's threatening my choice my choice is mm-hmm. i become kylo i become what i want I become myself in a way and he you know this is the character who's tired of the legacies he's supposed to live up to he's tired of people telling him what he should be uh, who he's the next version of. Uh, he's also tired of his soul pulling him back. Right. I think that's mm-hmm. a point. And, and, and uh, I think it was Jennifer that said this early on in 2018. I love this when she had said, said something, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but he's definitely tired of people, people making him take his damn mask off. Like Jennifer, <laughs> like anyone who's told him that he's killed. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> All his it, dad figures. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's key to note. He, he starts this sequence in the elevator answering to Ben he's remember he, he's staring mm. off he's kind of and then she's like ben and he, he kind of looks over and then this ends with her yelling ben and as i always love saying ben ain't home uh-huh. and he makes that kind of choice again the journey continues but everything to me after in general is a challenge to the choice he makes in this fight
2: yeah yeah no i really like that i i, I tend to believe what that you know ray senses you know resolve in him ray senses the truth that he is you know not happy uh with snoke mm-hmm. right yeah um i think and i think that is this great story where snoke palpatine the general uh dark side told him like hey everybody's holding you back just like Sheev told anakin like mm-hmm. uh all, all these do-gooders who are lying about how great they really are are holding you back and uh he's like great yeah gotta kill the past hey wait <laughs> mm. Snoke, you're also telling me who I should be and holding me back, so, you know I I, I believe what you're telling so, me kill the past, that includes you old man you know, yeah. um, I think that's definitely where he's at, and I think there's resolve to that perspective of like mm-hmm. oh, all of them, in any elder figure, anyone who's ever told me what to do anyone who's ever told me to take yeah. my mask off, so I think he, he is absolutely resolved in killing Snoke, right, um and I think that there's that moment from him too. Ray it's certainly Ray's face of like are we doing this? Did you just let me catch the blade instead of fighting instead of screaming that it's yours? Right? You let me take it and now we're going to face this together. You know, but I think he's got that too if she is she going to take it, is she going to, you know, have my back. Um so I think he's going into it with this sort of with the resolve of, yeah, no Snoke's got to go. Everybody who's ever told me what what to do or what to be has got to go, but also this hope for her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the actual fight with the guards, there is just the absolute obvious surface level of like, yeah, they're going to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, It's kill or be killed. Uh, that's the nature of this fight. But I think with the guards themselves and his sort of attitude toward them, right, mm-hmm. they are yet another old traditional thing holding him back, keeping him in line. You know, I go back to that scene of the the way they popped into the ready stance when he yelled at Snoke, right? He can't yeah. even have a conversation uh, with this guy alone anymore without these, you know, pillars of tradition uh, mm-hmm. keeping him in line. So I think he's got plenty of uh, just anger and attitude toward the guards and everything they symbolize. Yeah. Um, and I think that for him, what's on the other side is uh, everything that that the dark siders normally want of uh, kill the master be, become the master uh supreme power uh, take more and more power and no one can stop me uh, that's been the dark side tradition but I think he's also like saying burn that down because I'm gonna have all the dark side without that pesky loneliness <laughs> yeah I'm gonna turn this whole dark side thing. Upside down of like yep, grab for power, kill anybody who stops you, kill anybody who questions you, but also I just really deeply don't want to be alone and mm-hmm. and I sense this connection with this woman, so I think he's got resolve about I'm doing it, yeah i'm claiming I'm claiming the crown, but I'm also switching it up a little bit and trying to take her with me,
6: building something new, I love this stuff um after the fight, but i I still I think we count it in this whole sequence in this whole duel of just staring at the. You know, bisected body of Snoke, and just kind of lost in thoughts. Uh, and I wonder how much is is him going? Ooh, okay, I did do that. Is that another? Did I make a good another good decision? I'm not sure. It's that no, <laughs> and then that's why he kind of turns around. And is like no, 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 no. Burn it all down, burn mm-hmm. it all down, because that's the only thing that's going to make it all seem right, then. I, I think you're right. I really like that. And then, yeah, the connection with her—it has some echoes of that Revenge of the Sith, Padme, Anakin stuff, right? Of like, hey, our our empire, I I, I did this for us. I don't want to do this alone, and then and then, then you know get stuck in that uh, that shell of of Vader for uh, decades alone. So I think you're right. There's there's uh, uh, definitely it's a real connection. We always say that the intimacy mm-hmm. between them, uh, the hand touch on on Octo, the 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 Force vision is. I don't mean to, to, to be, you know, crass or jokey, but it's like it's the closest like Star Wars sex scene that I think we've had in terms of just pure intimacy.
2: I really know. Yeah, think- I mean, Ryan Johnson has literally said that and that that was his intention. What hasn't he said? He's- <laughs> he, he said a lot. But no, I, I, lot. That, that is to just say that I agree with you. And I think that's yeah. the intent. And I think it reads.
6: Yeah. Yeah. And and, and uh, this fight is, to, to me, a continuation of that. And again, going to this theme of you get to the end of it. I love that she's like, all right, great. Now we can save the fleet. We're going to win the day. And he's like, great. Now we can just burn it all down. And it's you and me. Let's do this. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, and then play the Kirby Enthusiasm yoinks music there. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So for Ray, what other thoughts do you have on on her personal motivation, her victory conditions for this fight?
6: I was looking, Yeah, I, I'm trying to find the right way to phrase it. I, I think Rafe is fighting for her 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 own belief in in hope or what she's come to. She's gone the gone, gone there to save Ben, right? It is is the big thing? She and 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 she she's been told that it won't work. So I kind of see this as striking out on her own, and, and and a victory is that path being right because you know remember her her. her, her She's, she's trying to remember her her place in the story she's trying to find her place in the story the darkness is is calling her she's she has the the cave uh she needs to know her parents and, and even luke is still being grumpy about it all these are all mm-hmm. these concepts whittling away at her resolve and her self-discovery and uh she has a place in the story no matter who she is she's starting to see that she's starting to get that but right now it's focused on the you know, kind of this uh, theoretically, literally uh, giving the hero's blade to Ben. She's been trying to do that, right, for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in this fight, it, the fight, the actual fighting ends with her going, take the blade! Take the blade! And and so I think in, in a way she co- might, might lose this fight and what she wants going in, which is uh, Ben and and knowing that I've made the right choice, but gains is bigger victory. I think she comes out of it, particularly when she reaches for that blade to pull it back from Ben. It's just knowing her place and understanding that it just might, that she just might be the one that needs to do this. Uh, and she, you know, leaves Ben. She doesn't pull him, put him in the skate pod and try to heal him and put a Band-Aid on and take him back to mom or anything. She's like, he's gone, he's done, uh, and I've got to go move rocks. She's going to learn that lesson. And I think that's kind of the transition for me. Um, so she goes into it going, I've made, I I've left Luke. I'm going to do this. I believe he can be saved. I have belief in this hope and, and then comes out of it going, uh, well, the hope is might be in me and it's not about, you know, I'll I'll be doing this alone. Obviously this is connection to the bigger cause, but I think she comes out stronger for that in the end.
2: Yeah, no, I really agree with a, a ton of that. Um, I think in the actual just straightforward fight with the Praetorian guards, um, I, I really think that it's again, obviously, survival, but there's so much defiance in it. There's so much anger, right? This isn't like Obi-Wan, you know, at his most centered in a fight where, like, well, a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of people hate me again and trying to kill me, but I'm totally centered and I'll defend myself and live, right? This is <laughs> yeah. feral fury, right? I, I just see uh in the way she's fighting the guards. That's the scavenger who had to fight to live on Jakku, right? That's right.
6: Yeah, that's right. That's
2: that's the young woman who who felt so alone and had to scratch lines into the wall to to keep her hope alive, right? I feel like she is she's fighting for her life against those Praetorian guards, but she is also punching Tito. <laughs> she is taking a swing at Unker Plot. She is, you know, kicking to the groin of anyone who has ever Ever come and try to take something from her when she's just trying to get by and stay hopeful? Like yeah. I think there's that earned, lived experience anger in her fight that she is projecting onto the Praetorian guards.
6: I love that a little righteous anger. Uh, maybe even a little bit of Luke's beard in there. Just you know,
2: I went, I went to you for help, and this is where we're at. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in the scream. It's in the like, uh, like that that feeling when she gets kicked down by the one and just pops right back up. Yeah, there's just something in that of like that's a person who's just been trying to get by, just trying to survive, has a good heart, who's been kicked down by the cruelty mm-hmm. of other people again and again. And she's had it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of that in there, which leads to lots of stuff in Rise of Skywalker, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is still this element of like, like hope, right? When, when she, wins. If they survive this together, they're together now. Ben has turned against Snoke. Uh, she'll save the Resistance fleet. That's, you know, the first thing mm. on our mind. We can save them from that bombardment right away. And I think, yeah, what she said to Luke was right. She sensed uh, there was goodness in him. Uh She's been trying to give that blade away. Ben can be the hero the galaxy needs. Uh, if the First Order doesn't just give up, uh, they can defeat the First Order uh, together but really with with ben with the skywalker blade with ben in charge and i think the big part of that for to me for ray's journey and you were touching on this as well is and then she can be off the hook right mm-hmm. she has had a uh, direct uh a desire to walk away from that blade and force awakens then the uh it, it coming to her hand the force awakens and and we talked about in that duel uh, about it being sort of like a the beginning of her journey but she has to kind of do the bigger version of that she accepts it and she uses it yeah and then she spends this entire movie trying to give it to luke trying to give it to luke a second time being honest with luke of like there's something inside me and i don't understand it and i'm afraid of it and oh luke you're afraid of it too and now ben is saying yep luke is afraid of it and i think she is she is afraid to take that responsibility and fully deal with uh, what does it mean to be the hero of the galaxy what does it mean for me to fully use this power and i think that you know she has this this uh moment where hey when we get through this fight i can hand this off to ben and he can take care of it and that's what's so great about their confrontation of the the kind of full final realization of like He's not worthy of that blade and what it symbolizes. I have to take it. I have to take it. Okay.
6: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I see that it is now my responsibility to take. And I think that tracks through to the end of The Last Jedi when she's looking at the broken uh, blade and, and it kind of even being a symbol of herself of like, how, how do we make this all work? Uh, and it tracks through to where she's at at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. She's training hard. She intends to be uh, the hero but she's still kind of concerned about what that means and how to do it and afraid of her own power.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, then you added uh, the wonderful wrinkle of Leia's blade later on. And, and we're, I know we're going to talk about this. So I'll just mention, but from, from, from Ben throwing the lightsaber to uh, her going, Oh, he doesn't deserve it to the, to the rise of Skywalker, him, not and and her passing the blade to him. You you've talked so wonderfully before about the blade they fought over is now uh, something that connects them there in Rise of Skywalker. We'll talk more, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But I just think about I think about the end of this this whole sequence, which is we're going to talk about in terms of thrills too. But uh, think of that, and then again on Exegol and Rise of Skywalker. And and I really uh, like what you're saying there uh, of her uh, finding that purpose in it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the more we talk about this fight, I think what's really fascinating about it is there's a lot of stuff going on with Ray and kylo as characters but on a real sort of like what are victory conditions with the praetorian guards it's will uh survive mm-hmm. and then once they do then the real duel happens between them as you know characters right yeah. uh, and in some ways the the real big finale of the duel is is fighting over that that blade right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh any other big thoughts on uh victory conditions or should we move
6: on uh, you know, no, 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 no. Uh, we didn't get to ch- uh, Snoke's. Um, Sorry,
2: buddy. We lost. <laughs> lost. I think his motivation was, uh, you know, hey, rule the galaxy. Uh, destroy Luke. Uh, don't be cut in half. Any fail. <laughs> and he lost. He More lost. than a half, because there was a hand there. That's true. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the environment. How does the environment help the story or the thrill factor of this fight?
6: Man, Ryan and company basically uh, having this basic idea of just, hey, remember that throne, throne room scene? Let's do it bigger. And what if the royal guards join the fight? I just... I just absolutely love that starting point and it is a good into the devil's lair vibes. I love what you're talking about of, of the sanctum of Snoke, which we've already seen in other fights and other ways, but it would uh, absolutely would track that Snoke would have this on a ship called the supremacy and eight guards and they're ready to fight. And, um, you know, we didn't know the Palpatine exact Palpatine connection at the time, of course, but it makes a lot of sense. that something like this would exist where the Snoke has full control of his mind or the spirit of Palpatine is pulling any length of string on him that it is kind of in this, uh, you know, build it bigger and better and stronger. people there It kind of has repeating themes, but uh, just in terms of the thrill factor, man, it's just, it's star Wars, man, it's star Wars. It is figures on the floor. And this is a, a, a beautiful sequence for that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It is the throne room. It is a throne room, but it is a very, very different, uh, aesthetic, um, I am partial to it uh, because it it felt to me like the infamous red room from uh, Twin Peaks. And then, uh, Mm -hmm. hey, the designers, uh, some of the designers said, "Uh, yeah, that was one of the inspirations. Um, I think just kind of being encircled in deep red, right? It kind of looks elegant, but it just, it speaks of anger, violence, conflict, you know, Mm -hmm. red in in the culture you and I grew up in is is generally uh, coded as alarm, violence, blood, right? Yeah. So to be utterly surrounded by that, it's already kind of a, a violent, disturbing space. Mm. And then I think it is the thrill factor and, you know, helping the environment, helping to tell the story that, you know, Star Wars has a lot of imagery that's like, what's the, what does violence look like? What does it feel like? What's the consequence of it? Um, and I love that in this one, the consequence of violence is that, you know, the dead bodies and armor... <laughs> gets chucked around the space and the the place starts to like fall apart as a literal consequence of, you know, flung bodies and burning armor so that the space is falling apart as a consequence of violence. You know,
6: that is a wonderful thematic look at it. I also will add it's this beautiful giant. Why not? <laughs> why not burn <laughs> it all down with the with the curtain? Uh, but no, I think you're right. It's it's uh, it's a lot of things as, as they uh, these things always are. But I just think, in terms of the adding to that thrill and that story, it's like cool. Devil's Lair, it's going to start burning. Let's do it. Why not?
2: Yeah, it, it is a great just space fantasy thrill of like, well, mm-hmm. hey, whatever uh, that semicircle hole in the floor that the one praetorian guard gets uh, thrown into. Like, uh, we don't know how these ships work. We don't know how throne rooms work. Uh, apparently, there's a, just a really nasty space blade in there. Yeah, of course.
6: Well, you know, Snoke he, he gets hot easy. He's got that robe on
2: for looks, and so it's, it's a big AC <laughs> cooling system. Makes sense. Uh, now I'm Makes picturing sense. him standing over it, doing the full Marilyn Monroe <laughs> with his golden robe. <laughs> ah. <laughs> we'll need art of that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's also something about like, obviously, it's like, hey, this is a great way to make the fight feel even more intense. That everything's burning, everything's falling away. There's ash in the air, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also this fun, kind of interesting switch to me as like it, it feels sort of coded as, you know, the artifice is falling away. The the bigger picture, the truth is being revealed. And as the fight's going on, like it's all falling away and it feels like, hey, here's this another other level of openness of, an ex- of exposure. So in a way, it feels to me like, well, this is what both Kyle and Ray think they're going to get to at the end of this fight this deeper level of exposure and truth and, and they do, it's just not the truth that either of them wanted. So it becomes instead of like a, a healthy, nice opening exposure, a like, Hey, let's expose ourselves to even more raw hurt and pain. Yeah. Yeah. Let's unwrap this trauma here. Let's do this kids. Yeah. Yeah. Down comes the curtain and in comes more trauma. (laughs) Uh, Any other thoughts on the environment?
6: No, again, it's It's just simply put one of my favorites. I just love it. I just love it so much.
2: Yeah, yeah, really, really satisfying. What sort of realities of filmmaking do you think about when you watch this big Praetorian Guard fight and and the resolution with Ray and Kylo?
6: I, you know where I go? I go to the uh, fight coordination. Uh, again, whether people love it or not, I, I remember back in the day, had one person, one old, old friend of mine, DM me just pra- breaking apart every move. All right, that's fine. Regardless, I just watch it, and I just go to the, some of the behind-the-scenes clips and just them training uh, adam driver taking control of every movement movement of kylo as we <laughs> love to talk about uh, uh, daisy really just uh, so uh, good plus the stunt performance and uh, everyone involved uh, it was just big and it was bold it was this modern star wars fight with a, i think a giant nod to the prequels i think a lot of the phantom menace fight and in the conversations you and i have had around the The uh, coordination Mm -hmm. of that and the the choreographed dance kind of vibe of that and a lot of people love that. And I think I've come to appreciate that over the years more. And here it is on front, uh, you know, big display. It was a big fight and I love the footage of them practicing and getting the moves down and and all the stuff. And I think about that a lot of just uh, this is what they wanted to put into this fight.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. It's, uh, it's my, uh, my Phantom Menace love. I've talked about a lot. about. I just love how many shots there are that are just like, that's the actors.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
2: they trained well, and here is a full shot where you can see all the moves. And yeah, I know there are a bunch of cuts and moves that people don't like. We'll talk about that a little bit. But for me, I really like seeing some action like this that is uh, long, continuous camera shots, uh, some distance. So you're really watching the actors and the stunt people fully do the fights. You can track the logic of the moves, all that kind of thing. Uh, and for me that, that really works in this scene. Uh, I also just feel very, very connected to Ray and Kylo. I think, um, there's so much of their emotion in their faces that, uh, that elevate the tension of, uh, are they gonna, how wounded are they going to be? What's going to happen next? Um, you can really see Kylo in particular making choices, you know, mm-hmm. about how to handle this next, these next two, you know, how to play them off against each other. All the acting moments really sing for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, all through it. All through yeah. it. Another thing that, that really strikes me about the filmmaking of this is uh, the great design of the armor. Uh, just like from the way it breaks, the way it sounds, you sense that it's not as vulnerable to lightsaber blows, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and obviously you see them take some swipes that don't fully take out the guards, but just, um, you know, the visual dictionary comes out and you can read about what it's made of and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But just like, it, it it, was clearly not just like stormtrooper armor. There's something else going on there. Like you yeah. can feel like, ah, oh, this lightsaber is not slicing through, uh, you know, like it's hot butter.
6: <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: this is a tough steak, not hot butter.
6: Yeah, no, I love I love the design, uh, all the influences into design, and like I said, even some of the, the there's some awkward helmets. You know, I if I was joining oh, yeah. up, there's some choices I would not. Eh, please, I'd, I'd like to go this. I'd like to wear that, not this. Um, but I love that about it. There, it it is uh, very sci-fi, and I love it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to acknowledge the great Praetorian Guard dropping the blade. Uh, debate. Mm. If for some reason uh, people aren't uh, caught up on this uh when ray is facing off with that final guard uh in one shot he has two blades in his hand and then uh once he has ray pinned he has the one to her neck and then she does her cool drop move and takes him out and uh you know people kind of freeze frame that and say where did the other blade go this is terrible um what do you feel about all that ken
6: here's here's where i go with it i i i wish it wasn't there i wish that wasn't uh a uh, point of entry for um some of the bad faith to around the film but it happens uh I, I do liken this to uh season eight of game of thrones and that coffee cup debacle there's a lot of reasons to maybe not like that season or that show or where it went a lot of good intellectual conversations to have around it i, I i'm totally there for that the coffee cup's not the reason coffee cup is not the reason to see see benioff and weiss didn't care and that legitimately came up from folks A production mistake, you know, a production mistake, which happens so many times. Look at Watch Guy Mandalorian, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Great figure Art Brian Ward made about it uh, to commemorate it. I I, I wish it didn't happen. You know, I wish it didn't happen, but it does. That's the kind of stuff happens. And the fact that that got blown up as a big gotcha. And I see clearly still a little thorn in my side, as is the coffee cup um it is what it is it's a it's it's a sequence that i think is is great overall in that moment and there's other sequences i even like better than that one anyways um but uh that's that's my thoughts on it it's, it's unfortunate i wish it wasn't there um but it is what it is
2: yeah i think uh i think for me it's like yeah hey if it, it could it have been uh shot better to see him on purpose drop that other blade yeah. to put his full weight into the other one could we Have it uh, been knocked out of his hand? Sure. That would have been even better and perfect. And it doesn't open the door for this discussion. Yeah. Uh, Then for me, it it brings up this, just this really, uh, how do we want to watch film in, in this day and age? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I know some people are, are eagle eye and probably spotted it on the first viewing. Uh, Without the benefit of the internet, I might never have noticed that. Same. Because, Films are edited to be magic. They're edited to be look where we want to, want you to look, pay attention to what you, what we want you to pay attention to. And to me, it, it gets to a question of, uh, hey, it's, a, it's legitimate critique. It's a little bit of choreography that is ambiguous. You know, you kind of have to assume he dropped it and we didn't see Uh, valid, valid criticism once you notice it. But, How how do we want to watch film? Do we want to be like willing participants and saying, it's a magic trick. Please let me stay involved in the magic. Mm. Or do we want to freeze frame it and watch it in a way that it was not designed to be watched? You know?
6: Hey, where'd that bird go? Where'd you put that bird? (laughs) You made that bird disappear. Where'd bird go?
2: I mean, yeah. in, in in some ways, it's it's the same as you know the, the Luke getting nowhere near uh, that stunt performer with the kick on uh, <laughs> yeah. in Return of the Jedi, right? And I think for the most part, that's posted lovingly by people who watch Return of the Jedi, and they have a little bit like it, it is what it is. They, they, they weren't as serious about the stunt fighting, you know? Who cares, right? Uh, yeah. uh, maybe, but I've never I've never seen that gift posted with. Uh, and this is why Luke is a Gary Stew, and this is why Return of the Jedi has always been an awful movie. This is why Richard Marquand hates Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So there is that to me that contrast of, hey, if you love fight scenes, it, it, it's a bit of choreography that is weird once you notice it. Totally yeah. legitimate criticism, mm-hmm. but then it is also hard to ignore the the people who are maybe using it as a, a wedge issue. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 it's just it's just bad faith
6: stuff. Yeah, I would love uh, love more conversations around that Luke kick. You know, I'm sure they showed George, and George was like, I don't care. Did the guy fall? Points made. Move on.
2: Yeah, well, it, and you know, it, it, it goes back to like you, you want to be thrilled that Luke Skywalker's a Jedi Knight, and Hans gaping in shock at his abilities as he saves everyone. You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 where we should be if you know we're watching the story if we're emotionally involved in the story you know yeah
6: i i, I the, the, the luke force kick is i love you know which mm-hmm. I get behind that headcanon oh it's the force um i honestly i don't think i don't know if i saw that till the late 90s yeah i really don't think i think it was one of those then it, then it became like oh yeah god that's that's wonderfully silly uh yeah yeah again in seven eight nine i'm not watching this to go ding there's a sin i, I just not uh, and and i don't have a problem with some of that overall like I, I get it like again this is a this is a little bit of a of a, of a mess up uh, in terms of how it was shot and put together i totally get that but um yeah uh, I,
2: I, all, I i will uh, i will rest my case yeah i am also <laughs> not convinced of the uh, physics realism that the way anakin cuts Dooku's hands off which is one of the coolest things ever would cause his hand and blade or cause his blade to fly up into the air yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about the realities of the filmmaking is I do think it's a really fascinating choice to have them not use the force Kylo in particular, who is very used to using that as, as a tool mm-hmm. as we see him do in, in the force awakens. And it's something that like uh, totally good faith of viewers who are not as uh, star Wars obsessed as me have said like, Hey, what's the deal? Why doesn't Kylo just give him a force push or why doesn't he just twist his wrist and break their bleeping necks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And to me, I just always take it as uh, when you're using the force in a fight, you can really only use it when you have an opening that's safe. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Kylo is not finding that opening because all of these weapons are coming at him.
6: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something to say about your mind being clear and, and, and where you're at. Right. And there's a lot going on in his soul, too. So,
2: yeah. But how do you feel about that? Has that ever bothered you? Has that ever been a distraction?
6: Uh, surprising, not surprising to probably a lot of folks. No, no, not at all. Uh So much <laughs> going on. And I, I think there is a, there is a moment I can talk about where I think he has a, a calm breath force kind of connection beat in, in the fight mm-hmm. too. But overall, yeah. uh Um, I, I love, you look, you can make the video game analogy. Even when I'm in those situations, I'm hacking buttons. I don't have time to think about, well, F1 and triangle gets me my four, like your fight. You're fighting. You're yep. scrapping. This is a scrap. It's 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 it's, it's a back alley scrap.
2: <laughs> yeah, heard it here first. Kylo's scrapping. He's scrapping. Uh, Let's get into then to favorite moments of thrill and emotion. What are some of the things on your list?
6: I go to the very beginning for the fight, man. Uh, Ray looking at Kylo. They have this great elevator conversation, uh, which again I, I suggest y'all, if you're watching the sequence, go to that. Go to the elevator where he's staring off, and she's like Ben, and he kind of like, oh, yep, that's my name. I love that moment, but Ray looking at Kylo while well, the door opens up behind her, revealing her crucible, right, revealing mm-hmm. the challenge in front of her, and her just kind of turning around to it. It's a small beat. You cut away. You go to some of the other stuff, uh, the Finn, the the Rose, and and Poe of it all. I just love that as a starting mode. It, it it really sets you up for it. It really is a little thrill of of what's to come.
2: Yeah. Oh no that that is absolutely great. Uh. Yeah. I think one, once once Ray catches. That blade, and it is so heroic, such an applause moment. It's fun to go from, like, hero applause moment to her standing up going, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, are we doing this? Are we fighting together? And there's that moment of just, like, I'm looking into your eyes. I'm looking into your soul. Mm-hmm. You want me to have this blade. You want to stand together against this. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. You know, yes. that that is so great. Um, yeah. And then for me, just like right in that beginning, because we have that that one scene, and then we cut back to the rest of the fight. Um, I love Kylo's weird uh, ground stab to block. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Ray's kind of tricksy. Like uh, I'll just pop over to your side of the fight and poke a guy to death. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as has been pointed out and uh, loved on the internet among uh, fans of Ray and Kylo, the uh, the fall back and the brief thigh squeeze uh from Ray to Kylo is you know that's definitely once you know it's there it adds uh, a lot to the fight
6: it must have been love but it's <laughs> over now uh love all that there and I want to add even who's setting it up there you got this big villain uh Snoke I love all his lines that he spits out Andy Circus does some great work oh, still the fiery spit of hope you have the spirit of a true jet. I love all that stuff too just kind of setting kind of the overall tension and stakes and and uh This moment, because a lot of it's going on, it's like, again, we're in this showdown, right? And you're kind of like, even as an audience, all right, we're having a showdown now. And I like that the villain is kind of like, oh, oh, the light side is so neat. Whatever. It can't win. It can't win. And it's just, it's a great setup to to some of the stuff, uh, the action we're talking about.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. yeah, So good. The still that fiery spit of hope. Yeah. Yeah. so what are some other moments for you as we get into the heart of the fight?
6: Yeah, into the heart of the fight, indeed. I definitely mention again that the, the, the Ray and Kyla go back to back. Put all your music cues on it. it, it it's, uh, you know, we don't get a ton of slow motion in Star Wars, right? I think this might be one of the first big examples of it. Someone could check me on that, I'm sure. But I, I just love the use of it. I, it, it. It's it's still, I mean, we 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 put on this movie in our house. And that is uh, one of Grace's favorite moments. It's one of mine. And it's just, we still applause, uh, break it in our own living room. The Chihuahuas don't know what we're doing. Um, love that, but I wanted uh, the Petrian, uh, Praetorian Pet- uh, uh, Pet- guard pulling his light whip, yank, 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 and the moments, <laughs> moments before his severed head sets the place on fire. I just love that. Ooh, you think you're bad? You're about to light the place up with your head.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Uh, yeah, no, maybe Ray and Kylo. Maybe that's part of their their force power as a dyad. Mm-hmm. maybe that's not uh, filmmaking or storytelling. Maybe they are w- literally using the force to slow things down. Cause it happens between them and the force <laughs> awakens.
6: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. That's kind of the, the first uh, little one for, for sure. This is a big display of it. Yeah. But I love that. We, we talked about the force awakens one. Good call.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of had to try to hold myself back on the main body of the fight. Cause just like mm-hmm. m- almost all of the actual fighting beats are cool. Uh, the one one of them that just really jumps to my mind is more of an acting moment, and it's Ray's scream of fury, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's it that just like you know the the light whip guy just came at her, yeah. <laughs> Things are burning, and uh, you know, no, the one she briefly knocked down has got you know taking the knife apart and and doing that sort of uh the, the psychological battle of doing the like the the whipping around the spinning. And I'm going like, you're not gonna get away from me, mm-hmm. and just that, like she she twirls and just this scream of fury it's so great it, it so brings you into her headspace and makes the fight more thrilling
6: yeah love that amping yeah. up all the energy and stakes
2: yeah and there's a lot of great kylo moments you're right i think there's that one moment where he kind of does take a deep breath and mm-hmm. uh you know uh, assesses how they're going to come at him and uh and mm-hmm. you know tries to stay on top of it but i think my favorite just kind of like action moment is uh, how much work Kylo has to put into taking out that second to last guard for him mm. where he's got the, uh, the stolen staff from one of the fallen Praetorians and he whacks them in the back with a stolen weapon, drives a lightsaber down, gets blocked by the arms, pushes it down to the neck, then has to bend his cross guard blade into the neck and, you know, leads into that final mm. phrase where he just barely took that guy out and the other one swoops at him. But just that whole, like it, it's, dark side it's kylo it's fury but it's just it's showing like yeah these guys are hard to chew through yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had to in in multiple seconds i hit had to hit you like four times four different ways before you just went down
6: a lot of gristle in this steak yeah yep <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, i love that moment yeah you mentioned i, I really do love the gatherer himself because he's uh um, whether or not he's connected to the Force or not, I don't know. It's just a moment where uh, – almost a moment of balance or peace in this where he's just feeling everything around him because he starts fighting with his back to them, right? And he's just – part of his skills, part of what he's capable of. But I, I, I do think that leads well in what you're talking about is this is a hard fight, and he is getting beaten down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think uh, we talked about the Praetorian Guard's missing blade. Uh, mm-hmm. Put that aside. Ray's final victory of, like, I'm just going to kind of change the situation. You know, I'm going to drop my blade in a way you didn't expect. The backhanded, the double cut, uh, got applause in the theater just about every time I saw Last Jedi, and I think it's cool and great, and I love it. Uh, And, of course, uh, what a button, right? The uh, Mm. Throwing the blade to Ben, obviously having emotional meaning, her screaming Ben, her willingly giving him the blade, and then eh, that is just a... Hey, Star Wars is cool and fun sometimes, right? And the the uh, ignite uh, turn off in the smoking eye as the like final little exclamation point on the fight is just damn cool. I think.
6: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Again, there's some great themes behind it. Her tossing the blade, giving the blade away, but needing to for the fight. Yelling Ben. Oh, it's delicious! It's delicious and brimming with themes. But man. Now, remember, you got the Holdo maneuver coming shortly after this, right? Mm -hmm. This wonderful feed and sound design and the visual and everything, and it left everyone speechless in in, in the viewings uh, I had early on. This, if if not for the Holdo movement, this might be that moment that people talk about even more. Uh, It it is such a, the great, the, the silence that follows the ignition of that blade and the sound of that. It's just, it's just great design. It's just put together so nicely, and the beat, the music, everything kind of leading up to that point. So it deserves its ooh that it got in all the theater experiences I had.
2: Uh, absolutely absolutely uh any other moments of thrill or emotion you wanted to talk about
6: just motion at the end I know, I know we're talking mostly about the fight but i i really do love uh i think some of daisy's best work is in this sequence and, and just this, the, the, the don't do this ben please don't go this way all the things you mm-hmm. and i were talking about they get the end of this fight she's like running to the yeah we can save the fleet and turns around and he's he's having this uh you know uh, crisis of conscience but really this confirmation of the choice he's made and convincing himself of this i just really love that ben don't don't do this ben I, I just think it's great uh and, and that's the a little bit of the crack in that wall for kylo to get into her head right exact moment that she feels like her decision to go here was in fact wrong in, in that moment because he's able to go like oh, pfft, you have no places let, let me just toss all these things into your soul because i see a window right now and that's what mm-hmm. i do i want you to go with me and here's my hand I, it factors in some of the big stuff coming but i just love that in terms of emotion and a come down from the big thrill of the fight
2: yeah, no, the, the please don't go this way, you know, it's it, to me it has some great uh, rhythm with Padme's, you're, you're going down a path I can't follow, you know, yep. and that sort of true heartbreak, true wanting to make somebody, wanting someone you care about to make a better choice and being just kind of shocked that, that they aren't, that they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that all comes across, and yeah, I think for me, we've talked about it a lot, but I, I do really love that Kylo is both manipulating her and truly needs and wants her you know yeah yeah um i think it i, I think it is a uh manipulation i think he's still you know all torn up in, in in the in the grip of the dark side of the he thinks he saw this truth of this is a fear that will break her mm-hmm. uh that will realize that uh she needs me i can give her validation that that she's not going to get anywhere else you know yeah and you can look at that I, I think this conversation is always hard because I call it manipulation. And I think maybe sometimes people are be like, yeah, but he's not like twirling his mustache and, you know, ha ha ha. I will get her, you know? And, and I think it is just, it's flowing from him naturally because that, that that's the dark side, that the dark side manipulates the dark side looks for fears. The dark side has a perspective that if you expose someone to their fear, they'll break, you know, yeah. I, I don't think he's, you know, uh, b- being a mastermind in this moment. And what I love about it. Is that much talked about broken little please, right? Mm-hmm. That lets you know even if what he's saying is really unhealthy, really unfair, really manipulative, from his perspective, he deeply needs her companionship, mm-hmm. right? And that's what makes it interesting and in complex. Mm hmm. No, well said. And I think it's some of the The finest
6: acting in all the Star Wars from both of them combined in the scene and and drivers. So uh, just, uh, you know, specifically what he wants to do and love everything about it. And it all kind of for me leads to her just kind of going, you know, let me have that blade back.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about that. That's my final question on this fight. Uh, At the end of the battle, uh, why do you think Ray says no to Kylo's plea uh, to join him?
6: Look, it's really hard to set aside the explanation that comes in Rise of Skywalker. I think that's a big connection point between the movies. Uh, but the truth of the matter is I, I think what she says in that and, and, and that film, and I would have taken her hand, but it was I wanted Ben's hand, not Kylo. I, that that mm-hmm. to me was always pretty apparent in this moment, right? I, I, I really kind of got that. Uh, and I always say, again, I said it earlier in the show, but like Ben ain't home. She's shouting that name and he's not there. And so she knows it's Kylo's hand. And I think I, I, I kind of wonder, if, uh, especially with the reaching for the, the blade back, is this just like when and combined with the please don't go this way, seeing just this path that he's taken, the choice he's made, the dark side and, um, you know, where she's at with her light versus dark and stuff. Some bigger debi- f- fights are going to happen inside her soul a little bit later on when she learns a little bit more about her her past. But I, I just um, I don't know. I love it. And, and I think she's got to be thinking I look to Han, I look to Luke, I look to Ben Um and 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 this this uh, this blade is uh, maybe belongs in, in in my hands. And I don't mean that in a selfish sense, but just the call is for me to move forward. Uh, and maybe she feels alone. Maybe later on, that's kind of what she struggles with—is feeling alone and feeling the burden of this. But that's that's the next set of lessons. So I think that's yeah. all factoring into why she says uh, no at this at this point. Which because going in, it's probably you know hey if you tell her hey you're gonna go this fight is some tough things gonna to happen but at the end of it he's gonna put he's gonna put his hand out to you you got that touch you're gonna to be able to do that touch uh she would have been like yay and then to see the truth of it um that's why she says no
2: yeah yeah no i mean i think everything you're saying about uh you know the connection she has with han and and luke and luke warned her about this and i think it's powerful when she says uh, earlier in the last Jedi, like Leia sent me here with hope right like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh I think there's that too of like, I can't, I can't. She's, she's centered on what she's doing. Right. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's a connection to Ben, but it's been about bringing Ben, you know, moving, moving away from Kylo to Ben, from Kylo to Ben. Yeah. Uh, Mm. But I also just feel like it tracks really well with the rise of Skywalker of it's not belabored in the last Jedi. It's just at the end of the day, this is her guiding dominant nature, right? Mm-hmm. Uh she's tempted uh by being close to Ben. She wants that connection. Uh but she's not tempted by the dark side. She yeah. is exposed to fear and pain, to kind of having her greatest fear confirmed. Your parents were nothing, nobody wants you, you're not a part of this story, but I can give you that validation. She feels that fear and that pain, but she doesn't give into it the way we've seen other Uh, people fall to the dark side Mm. you know i think it's just kind of one of those like yeah no i I feel the pain i feel the desire to be close to you but of course i'm not gonna let my friends die of course i'm not gonna let innocent people die i don't even really want to take that blade but i have to because this is right you know i think when luke is Mm. saying like because leia saw you know your your spirit your heart You know, she has all of these legitimate reasons to have lived anger that I talked about earlier in this fight. But at the end of the day, this is what she chooses because it's who she is.
6: Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. I love that. Uh, Just uh, her nature, right? Her nature. None of it seems right. I love that.
2: Yeah. So, okay. Wrapping up. Out of 10 lightsabers fully ignited, how many lightsabers do you personally give this fight that is not two lightsabers hitting each other?
6: I'm going big, man. I'm going nine out of ten burning curtains. (laughs) uh, I'm going big only because just look how we've talked about this fight here for over an hour with good reason. It's just there's just so much there from the cool to the deep to the profound to the important. It's just with great purpose. And I love it. So nine out of ten.
2: Yeah, I'm giving it eight out of ten. I love just how visceral, how physical it is. I do like that it is a very different kind of fight, but it is explosive. It's big. I love that a lot of the fights that we've talked about, like we talked last time about the Force Awakens duel in some ways being like the most narrative. And this one has this weird tension of the narrative is going on, you know, in the middle of the fight. But it's almost like, can we just cut through these guys so we can get to the heart of our conversation? And it makes it uh, really different and interesting. So I'm giving it eight out of ten. Love it. high grade. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back to talk about the duel between Kylo in the projection of Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. Back in a moment.
5: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: And we are back to continue talking the magic of the lightsaber showdowns in The Last Jedi. We are going on to the big duel at the end. Kylo thinks he's fighting his uncle and former master Luke Skywalker in the flesh. But in reality, it is a masterful force projection uh kylo stomps off his command ship at about two hours and 12 minutes uh the scene is then intercut with the resistance escape from the caves of crate and at about two hours and 18 minutes kylo realizes he has been fooled uh so ken what are your current feelings on this fight and have they changed over the years
6: no i know they haven't changed over the years Uh, again these two fights i love them so much so um absolutely love it uh I love uh, rewatching it. It's just got some of those beautiful shots in Star Wars. Uh, It's got some of my favorite uh, of the new music, which which would make it some of my favorite music in Star Wars overall Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, And that includes like the trailer version that kind of wasn't in the movie uh, of The Spark so yeah uh and 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 so caught up in the moment uh upon first viewing that i I ignored so many clues that something was up, right like mm-hmm. I, I, I I acknowledge them like all of us, oh Luke, got, he cut his hair and dyed his beard uh, on the flight over, okay i I just got caught up caught up in all of that and all of the themes and all the weight and, and and all the moment that 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 reveal uh Kylo's blade going into Luke, and I'm talking about the second one where first one mm-hmm. kind of swings, but the was the, the slow, stabby stab. And then we're like, what? And, and that Faye Docto was one of my personal favorite experiences as a Star Wars fan. Um, mm-hmm. The first time. Just loved it. So I've always loved this fight. Uh, I, and I've played some what ifs and could has in my mind. And could Luke have been there? And could Luke have survived? And, um, you know, but he, he didn't. And his choice, uh, this choice, I, I really do think continues to work for me. Uh, and it's a choice I believe in. Uh, Kenobi died, so, so, so Luke and Leia and the Rebecca go on. Luke dies, so the galaxy can go on. But that is a, a different podcast we have touched upon before and we'll touch upon again <laughs> uh, after the fight. I, I just think there's um, maybe there's some of the critiques comes from a desire for something bigger. It, it, it's the big final fight in a lot of ways in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fight is truly, to me, more about Kylo versus his hubris or, or Kylo and Ben in a way. Uh, but Kylo too is so caught up in the moment, uh, his rage and his choice that, uh, like me, he couldn't pick out, pick out the clues. Uh, so <laughs> it, it, it's a just overall great experience for this, uh, for this fight. Love it. Loved it then. Loved it now. Love it now.
2: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick out like the specific clue about, you know, we see the one shot of Kylo's foot moving and, and mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the red being exposed under the salt, uh, and then Luke's foot moves and, and that doesn't happen. I think I just thought Luke's very good at stepping gently. Um, yeah. But I, I did notice the blade and was like, what is up with that? You know, mm-hmm. um, did, did the blade bump for you at all in the first viewing of like, why does Luke, how does Luke have that
6: blade? Um, No, no. other than I, I just assume um, there was either reasons or again on the flight over, uh, did he somehow, you know, yeah, but when I say I didn't acknowledge it, like it, it all popped in my head in the first viewing, but was just kind of like, uh, I just, I had my mouth open, uh, <laughs> just watching the fight. And by the second viewing, all the thing, you know, all the conversations oh, he doesn't step on the sand or the salt and, and some of the, the reasons behind it and even why he'd project that blade versus the green and why, why would that would matter with Kyle, all that stuff, uh, hits me later on but the first viewing no i i paused enough to just wonder but i didn't uh didn't think uh, any deeper i was just so caught in the moment
2: yeah yeah no it was it was great because i was like what is going on why does he have that blade there's mm. got to be a reason you know yeah yeah um, i think probably because i was just you know viscerally emotionally affected by seeing the skywalker blade <laughs> severed in two uh and then like did he put it back together right, right. <laughs> um yeah, no, I've always loved it. Uh, it. It was the number one thing that I loved about Last Jedi and first viewing, the number one thing I think I wanted to talk about when we did our, mm-hmm. uh, our big Last Jedi review is Luke's triumph of pacifism and, you know, realizing that I got exactly what I had hoped for and talked about is I wanted Luke to be truly, deeply powerful, and he was, mm-hmm. in it, but just in this... Uh, uh, you know other and in, in better way it's it wasn't about violence, you know, um so I think for me though uh I think at times, I would have taken one or two more passes, I would have taken one or two more swipes, so mm-hmm. the actual physical part of the duel felt a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. um I love everything about it that's going on uh idea wise I love all the physicality, uh, but every once in a while, I can see the perspective of like could could the actual sword swipes back and forth uh you know i I don't want luke swiping i love that he doesn't take a swipe and then i get that once you get into like uh, luke this is a fight where luke wants to pretend he's going to be using that blade but he just wants to dodge (laughs) i get that like okay well 18 passes of that is going to get real boring real quick Mm -hmm. Um, but i also get that feeling of it is so huge and beautiful and important uh, emotionally and thematically uh I, I can see the perspective of of wanting it to physically get to a higher stake.
6: Yeah, yeah. And that's why yeah, exactly with you on that one. I can understand the desire for something bigger because, you know, it 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 is this um kind of resolution of a way of this particular film and this particular journey called, but um more to come. So yeah, I am with you on that. i yeah. I wonder if there's like a debate on like how many swipes do we need to put in <laughs> there yeah?
2: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, for the story that it is telling, it is perfect. And I think there's I think this is one of those moments where is this just like, hey, at the end of a Star Wars film, I kind of prefer a bigger physical duel. That's a fine opinion to have. I think when I look at this as what it is and, uh, you know, engage with the story that I'm being presented with, I I don't need them to run back and forth past each other eight more times. You know, yeah. I love that it's minimal because that's kind of the point. The duel isn't the duel. The physical duel isn't the duel you know, fighting in aggression isn't the answer, you know. Uh, this is a duel about Luke, you know, uh, fully knowing the lesson of Bespin. You know, in some yeah. ways, this lightsaber fight is the anti-lightsaber fight, you know. Mm. I'm going to trick, everybody thinks the fight's the big thing, uh, including, <laughs> you know, my my broken, naive nephew. Uh, I'm going to let him think he's having the big fight that everybody thinks uh, <laughs> that's what a Jedi is going to be about. I'm going to use that. You know, yeah, to show people that's not what it's about, you know, and that's not to me, Luke talking to the audience, that's Luke talking to the audience of Kylo, you know,
6: Oh, yeah, yeah, again, Kylo, you're right, Kylo thinks he is does think this is his third act,
2: <laughs> you know, yeah, and then, and then, you know, I think I've also just really come to appreciate that it, like I said at the top of our podcast here. I really appreciate that it is kind of a duel in the in the mm-hmm. very classic filmmaking sense all those great uh, yep. profile shots the that the majority of the battle is assessing the opponent the running passes you know mm-hmm. it is done with so much purpose and with so much style and it's so beautiful that at the end of the day I just really want to engage with what it is because what is there is beautiful.
6: Yeah, absolutely. With you on yeah that.
2: almost like the obi-wan and, and mall fight right like mm-hmm. it's totally. minimal on purpose yeah totally 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 the setup the music everything the shots oof. yeah so let's get into the the heart of the characters in this duel uh what is at stake why are they fighting what is victory for luke and kylo
6: yeah let's uh, start
2: with uh you want to start with kylo or luke
6: let's do kylo all right. yeah yeah the luke stuff um, they're both really interesting but luke i think has there's some more layers i love um g- keeping it off what we were talking about last time I, I think again kylos just made this big choice so there's a lot of this uh i got to confirm that choice i'm throwing my staff members around i've you know, hawks is uh you know uh, i got him under my thumb uh even with his uh, dirty looks so I, I think that this is – almost becomes this literal fighting to kill the past as he proclaims, and he's just so narrowly focused on it that it's stuffing out the resistance doesn't even get on his radar screen, right, which leads to maybe some of the shame at the end, and we'll talk about where that can go. So I just think going – I mean it's just so clear this is someone who just just gave this speech about killing the past, and here's the past. Literal, the image of the past. <laughs> and I've just made this big choice. I'm no longer Ben. I'm Kylo. I'm telling myself that. I'm telling myself that. I'm telling myself that. And blow that name. Just everything fire. Um, you know, again, I've started to say it, but he's, he's mad at the Falcon, too. The Falcon's there. The past, the past, the past. <laughs> the past is buzzing around his head, and he's swatting it away with everything he can. So I think uh, he, he goes down there to uh, do what I keep saying. Destroy the past. Kill it if you have.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. This is a total I'll I'll finish what I started. I'm going to kill all of the past and then I will become what I'm meant to be and I'll feel great, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, but he's in such a a a point of turmoil, right? Of yeah. like from one perspective like, "Hey, look, I had this great victory. I took out Snoke and I ascended. I'm in charge of the First Order." But that's not really uh, that's one part of what he wants, right? Yeah. But he he wants to uh, confirm his power. He wants to not be alone. It, the other perspective is ray knocked him out ray rejected him and knocked him out and left him right so he didn't get what he wanted at all um and i think a lot of this duel for him is about like trying to face his fear but he is so caught up in fear right yes it's uh you know in some ways the i think his kind of original wound that snoke and palpatine pry open is this fear that he can't live up to these legends uh, mm-hmm. uh who are all of his parents and mentors you know he specifically yeah. can't live up to the legend of uh of Luke Skywalker right yeah and i think he he's trying to prove that he can right uh i can i can fight and slaughter and stomp and rage enough uh to prove that i can overcome the these shadows that you know that i was afraid would re- reject me so i got manipulated into rejecting them um, I, you know, like killing Han, he thinks this kill will free him. But what I really love about it is that, um, mm. if he had been able to like slow down and think rationally or strategically, right? Ooh. Uh, he he might have come up with like, ah, uh, it's a it's a it's a rare ability, but he's 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 projecting. I've been <laughs> uh, Ray and I've been having this conversation. Is he projecting? You know, right. um, but it's just that fear of like. I think that, that especially the the shouting more, 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 and then Luke manipulating him by doing the little shoulder brush of it, like, you didn't even come close to hurting me. I feel like his mind is racing with, there's still so much my master knows that I don't know. How did he do that? How did he do that? Oh no, what else does he know that I don't know? Right. That he's so caught up in that emotional fear that he can't slow down to go like, why does he have that blade? How else could he be doing this? What's the most logical way that he could be doing this? You know?
6: Yeah. Yeah, No. And some of the conversation around it was that like, well, why, why wouldn't he have seen that? Well, that's, that's exactly, yeah, no, exactly. That's the point. And it is so wrapped up in his head. And I wonder, I never really uh, spent too much time ruminating on this one here, but you just brought something up. Great. I love that. I wonder how much is he just kind of like, and then she left me. (laughs) I woke up and she was, she didn't even take me. Like, and I'm not, by the way, not putting that on Ray. That's a great, I think that was the right decision on Ray. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how, if he's just like, uh, the, oh man, like she could have saved me that. Like, I, you know, I do I just, how much, how much was he hurting? How much was he just hurting on every level?
2: Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I think he's hurting on every level possible right now. Mm. You know, at least he didn't uh, get his face cut again. <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah. And it's also, you know, you and I love some of the Huck stuff in this scene here, where it's one of the only times, again, never on Huck's side, but just where where he's just kind of like, you are bonkers, man. You you're you've you've gone, you've broken, you've broken, and the Huck's just has some of the uh, the upper hand here that he doesn't have in other spots.
2: Yeah, no, and it, and I think it tracks. This is a moment that tracks really well through the sequel trilogy, going back to the Force Awakens, and uh, you know, Hux mm-hmm. needling him and saying, "Don't make this personal," you know, yeah. about your uncle uh, and your former master, and then to this scene where where Hux is saying, "You know, let's just stay focused. They're right there. <laughs> sure. We're we're so close to victory, and you got to make this personal." Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, let's talk about Luke. What do you think uh, are, are, is at stake for Luke? Uh, why is he fighting? What's victory for Luke?
6: Oh, he just wanted to ignite that, sight, that lightsaber and kick ass. That's all. <laughs> all he wanted to do. Uh, look, you, you you talked about it. Uh, you mentioned it in this episode and you've talked about it in so many wonderful ways on the show. This uh, triumph of uh, this pacifism, right? This uh, this way to look at it. So I think for Luke, I, I just like, is he fighting for the Jedi way? Like the true Jedi way? Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's his confirmation that the choice to be heroic or at least make the choices that benefit the greater good are are right, but he needs to do it as a true Jedi and not necessarily even as Luke because I don't know, maybe, maybe Luke at some point would have run down that hill and fight in person. I don't know, but he's staying true to his big choices. He's upholding the tenets of the Jedi Order and providing the spark that was needed, not the one that was asked for. And helping to preserve the the next generation for their fight, all those big kind of themes—they're trailer themes, right? <laughs> there's mm-hmm. been trailers, uh, but you talk about him. Um, there's something about staying true to this decision, and the decision isn't necessarily about I'm going to stay on this island to die. He says that early in the in the film, and I know that's kind of what happens, but I don't think in that way, but just the right way. That's the big, the big. That's Ray shows up. Here's the blade. You're the hero. Be the hero. And he has to kind of break that down and find out what that really means is what the the, the movie's trying to talk to us about, at least with his stuff and a lot of the other things, too. So I think that's what he's uh, that's what's at stake, uh, the, the, the correct way to do this, the Jedi way and the right way. And, and, and victory for him is uh, both that and, and preserving the fight for the future, uh, and preserving the next generation, which is that great speech and that I know you love.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's some great stuff in there. I think it really does track to, you know, Luke has a specific relationship with violence and when to use it and the violence in family members, you know, his, his real great realization and triumph that there's no victory in, in, cutting down his his father on the Death Star right mm-hmm. um his great failure of thinking for even a fleeting moment that violence was the way to to address you know the horrors that Kylo was going to bring and, and beating mm-hmm. himself up about it alone yeah. on an island with fish nuns for years right mm-hmm. um and I think what's so great is I think everything all the choices he make flows of course out of everything that happened in the movie but specifically with this conversation with Yoda right where mm-hmm. uh Yoda is saying like hey you made a mistake um A bad one it's not great yeah (laughs) you lost ben solo uh we can't lose ray and i think to me what's implied in that is like Mm. she has this belief that the jedi are 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 here for a reason that that fighting for what is right standing up against the darkness defending innocent people she has a belief that that's needed you gotta show her she's right you know you can't lose her show her she's right um and Luke has that response, of, like, I can't be what she needs me to be. And I think what is implied by that and what I love about that is that Luke goes off and thinks about, like, I can't do this the the typical way that people would expect. I can't zip over there and fight yeah. in person. That's not me. That's not right for me. Yeah. But I can be the full spirit of the Jedi without compromising myself, you know? Yeah. Um. And that's what I so love about it that it's 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 a it's mastery of the force it is Luke Skywalker being one of the most powerful Jedi ever uh, but it's also like no I I'm I'm aligned on the goals but I need to find the way that is right for me to do it mm-hmm. um, and what he ends up doing is just yeah absolute classic Jedi pure defense right distract Kylo so the spark of the resistance can survive so he can save his sister so he can save the future you know mm mm-hmm. mhm Ray, Kylo, uh, Poe, everyone, um, and then I think on top of it, there's this utter willingness to to sac- sacrifice himself for the future, the way Obi wan did, the way his father did, um, and I think there's also an awareness. I don't know if it's like ah, I'll, that's what I'll do, but I think an awareness that he is letting himself be seen as a mythic hero. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think specifically that he's kind of mocking the idea of the mythic Jedi hero earlier in the film in saying, you know, uh, you you expect me to just stand up against the whole first order with a laser sword. And like, Mm -hmm. kind of like that's childish fantasy. Let's talk about the reality. The reality is the Jedi fail. The reality is I have great power, but I'm just a person who makes mistakes, you know? And I think for me, it's, it's about him coming to see through Ray's eyes that Jedi have real physical power. That is very important. Uh, but being symbols is just as powerful sometimes. And, you know, Jedi being symbols is just as important sometimes as the concrete actions they can take. And that one, two punch that Luke uh, allowing himself to be a symbol, an idea, allows Ray to literally physically use the force to move, uh, close to actual concrete to move the rocks, you know, it shows that one-two punch of like the idea, the symbolism is the power of the Jedi, Uh, something to look up to. And the real actual power and abilities, they both matter. And I feel like he's embracing that by being there at all.
6: Yeah, I think it ties a little to uh, Lor San Tekka and Poe Dameron. just you know, you you need the Jedi for balance. You need. It's not just about the the, the laser swords. It's the, the presence. It's the purpose. It's the big picture around him there. I think that that's absolutely right and uh, really effective in the in this film. Uh, and I love. I, just, I think I love why Luke goes on that journey. Like you said, mocking into the beginning to to be in it in the end because not only just the value but the, the way you go about doing that's important. Uh, yeah. I, also, I just want to add, too, I, I think there's a little bit and this is, this is something I, I've thought about more and more as you as you as the whole series kind of plays out at seven, eight, nine and the haunt of it all, the lay of it all related to Ben. I I, I just I think there's this idea of, of Luke is fighting for Ben a little bit, maybe a lot mm-hmm. in, in a bit of just the idea that in person, you know, this becomes a power chart game. But in, in person, Luke might have been able to kill Kylo. He might've had to. And, and uh, I think that's got to factor a little bit into it as well. This way, uh, Ben can live so others can save him. And I think it goes a little bit of the conversation with, with Leia that only has gotten more important and I've taken more out of that and, and, had more understanding of that conversation with Leia as the story and time have gone on. I, I think that's factored a little bit into, it. we talk about the next generation here in this fight.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's there to save the next generation and, you know, uh, he can't save Ben. And I always took that. I just mm. hit me emotionally that way. I always took him saying to Le- Leia, like, he doesn't say he can't be saved. He says, uh, I've come to confront him and I can't save him. You know? Right. right. I think there's a real understanding of like, I am one of the people who took a concrete action of igniting that blade for one second that he pushed against. I'm not the person that he's going to hear this from. Yeah. But I think there is this great act of hope of, you know, Luke does confront him. He apologizes for his own failure, but then absolutely does not let Kylo off the hook for his own choices. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think, you know, talking about what, what are Luke's motivations? What are his goals? I think, I think one of them is, um, I think the big picture is, you know, the the Jedi in theory are there to create balance by holding the dark side back. Yeah. He's literally physically doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. In this battle. But then on the more personal level, it's just like the, why don't I just plant a seed and maybe it'll grow mm-hmm. and maybe it won't. And, uh, and we talk a lot about the idea of that, uh, you know, mentorship can sometimes be like, here's a door. yeah, <laughs> Here's some ideas about why you should go through it. I'll leave it ajar. Yeah. I can't make you walk through it. That's your choice to walk through it. And I feel like there's a lot of that in Luke of just telling him things mm-hmm. he needs to hear. Yeah. And he's like I'm not here to try to talk you into anything. I'm just reminding you, uh, that you're not going to get what you want doing what you're doing. So yeah. you do with do with that what you want, kid. Bye bye. Yeah, no. Especially
6: uh, you know we keep talking about Kylo thinks he's in this third act, and it's not that again. These characters haven't watched Star Wars, but they've heard the tales, and the, and the sequel trilogy is about in many ways the the legends uh, in the past hanging over everyone and how you react and interact and and, and uh, emerge from that. And so I think there's, I love that stuff of like, oh, I get you come, you come to save me. Is that what you think is happening? And just that simple. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's more that fear <laughs> for Kylo. Like in the back of your head, you're like, did he, is he saying he's, did he just come here to kill me?
2: <laughs> more more mm-hmm. fear, more fear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not going to play the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just here to tell you uh, that I'm sorry. And also, you screwed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goes both ways, kid. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so should we move on to the environment? Let's. Okay. How do you feel this I- intriguing, salty environment helps tell the story or the thrill factor of this duel? It's salt
6: and it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> hang Seriously, hang every frame on a wall in a Star Wars Museum, right? They, they, they shot the hell out of this stuff. Steve Yedlin uh, just made things look uh, beautiful. Um, it's such a fantasy location, right? Like, stark mm. white landscape i even think ryan has said in the past it was like an early dream he had of what he or vision or note he made of just i don't know salt plant like so you take that that seed of an idea you turn it into this this stark white landscape of, of pure salt a giant wall with uh burnt and burning spaceships the sun setting on a faraway land it's just otherworldly but it's also so of star wars uh, and it just Adds to the mythic angle of it. Here, you said up top that L- Last jet is putting a lot of uh, a lot of playing with the myth side of Star Wars more than anything, and, and I think it just kind of works for that. Every shot, every 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 wide shot with the two of the minute and uh, some great background, it just it seems like concept art uh, sprung to life. I love it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love it. There's so many great things about the way it's shot and in, in the environment. Um, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the the filmmaking of the actual shots, but um, yeah, just this design of, uh, yep, it's salt and then red rock underneath. We know, but the pristine white world with the crimson blood red lurking underneath. I mean, it's it's just it's very direct, but it's very visceral. Of like, yeah. you you move a little bit, and you know what what is uh, pure and beautiful is suddenly you know pulsing with blood uh it it is about like the risk of violence right Mm um just sort of visually um i also think that there's so many shots of just these two small figures between these big forces you know it makes uh the environment and the way it's set up makes the fight very personal right Mm -hmm, and and, mm -hmm. luke knows that and kylo gets tricked into it but we the audience get to see like the Um, there's lots of fights where like the, the fate of the galaxy is, is, you know, happening in this duel. Uh, but this one, it almost makes you like the fact that Kylo literally like hit pause (laughs) on the rest of the galaxy, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just all, all imagining all of those commanders, you know, in the ATM sixes and all that going like, okay, we just, 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 we bring space popcorn. What? We just watch this. (laughs) What do we do? I think
6: of the stormtroopers at a new hope. We're like, is that is that our boss fighting that old dude? Let's go over there. I guess we just stand here? What do we do? What do we do?
2: Does he like it when you intervene? Should we take a pot shot? Yeah, like I guess we better run over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh absolutely great. Um uh of course the you know, the the image that we talked about that that Luke sort of mocked and now Coming, coming to pass, and being so uh, powerful of the lone hero standing against the wall of machinery. Yeah, it's just that tells the story, right? Of absolutely uh, be willing to to stand up against uh, against the odds. But I think one one of the things that I really love the most, and you really touched on it, is like it is this weird space fantasy landscape. But there's something about it that's somewhere between sadness and hope, which is totally appropriate for this part of the story and what's yeah. what's happening. This is this is the spark winning. Uh, to live to fight another day, you know? Uh, but you imagine things like Mustafar, There's just like, yeah, oh, we, we're mm. fighting on Anakin's erupting soul, you know? Yeah. Um, or we talked about with Force Awakens, where the, these young characters are lost and alone in the dark woods. Uh, mm. And this is with, like, the, the tortured red earth where Luke had been standing, where that had been pummeled, it, it feels like this f- sort of festering wound. Um, But the ash is kind of uh, flowing through the setting sun and it's kind of beautiful and dreamy. And the First Order has blown this hole through the door, which which should be like this wound in this tragedy. But every time you see it and the sun streaming through it and walk and Luke walking through it, it's suddenly like this portal to hope. This thing that was meant to be the final death of the resistance is yeah. somehow also a beautiful beacon of hope there's all these kind of competing images when i watch it It's like that's that's darkness that's light that's darkness that's light and they're right in between the two
6: love that and on the um, you know the ghost of the rebellion hanging over all of it on this old rebel base another part of the past uh coming there to a face kylo yeah. no i love it i love that yeah that's why that that shot yeah the the the, the uh the, the thumbnail of the fight might be, you know, Luke staring out at the walkers, which is just wonderful. But I, I love him walking through it in that great shot with the kind of a silhouette and the smoke. It's it's a great, great, uh, great use of the environment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we talked a lot about the environment affecting the story and the mood. I will also say that uh, really with Adam Driver's great Kylo Ren physicality, he should always be running on surfaces that allow him to slide a little bit. <laughs>
6: yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh,
2: so, what realities of filmmaking do you think about when you watch this duel?
6: I just—I go to how they pulled us in, or again, maybe it was just me—at least me—you're just caught up in the in a third act final showdown trope, and you believe it. And there was even a second I thought uh, when all the walkers fired, I was like, "How could Luke survive this? What are they doing?" Like, you know, I just was so caught up in it, and I just think there's some little tricks along the way, and. Heard some of them, uh, you know, there's like, did he actually touch uh, Carrie Fisher's hand? Was there dis you know, all these little details. And I just think that they knew what they wanted to try to do and to put the scene together from from the editing and the sound and how, how it was shot and pacing. I just, I think of those, the actual, you know, making of this sequence, the actual shooting of it and, and, and uh, getting out in the world. Uh, uh, it, it worked for me because I absolutely fell for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. I think, you know, the performances are phenomenal. So I think a lot about that of just, you know, Adam Driver and Mark Hamill's uh, really amazing performances. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think about the makeup art on uh, Adam Driver's face to have that sort of uh, it looks like the dark side is bruising him from inside. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. blood vessels are just bursting from fury and rage and confusion. Uh, So great. And uh, Mark Hamill is just absolutely masterful. I am totally, totally centered there is no question um and i really when i was watching it again this morning it's just remarkable to me that i know that this is a ton of digital Mm -hmm. um from mark hamill's body movements to the environment and i just don't feel it i don't feel what cgi sometimes becomes criticized of of it feels cold or distant you know Mm -hmm. i am right there in the emotions of this scene so this to me is just an example of a Absolutely successful CGI sequence, right?
6: No, I, I agree with that. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, I know. There's it's 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 always an interesting discussion around that computers are practical and everything that it, it's all a wonderful mix. And something like this highlights how you can use it all
2: wonderfully. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, in terms of the sort of choreography, uh, you know, uh, uh, eagle-eyed fans, uh, particularly, I think Ray and Kylo fans have uh, picked out that Kylo's sequences of slashes toward Luke are similar to Ray's practice on Octo, when she cuts the rock. Uh, And I think that is, it's great that that's there in Last Jedi to really underline their connection. But one of those moments that really is like, uh, hey, Dyad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Builds really well to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah,
6: little little building block.
2: Yep, yep. Uh, So let's talk about moments of thrill and emotion. What are some for you?
6: I mean, again, just starts out with with Luke walking to take out his laser sword and face the entire First Order. Uh, everything about it, Uh love that. Uh, so that sets up, though. I got to say, uh, you know, and I, I always kind of focus on the preamble, I guess, but that first walker getting into a position to fire with that metallic groan is just such a wonderful Star Wars little nerd chill moment of just, and I know those like Gorilla sounds and everything that went into it. Total classic Star Wars design. Just love mm-hmm. that. Love the tension there. So that starts the fight, and I'm already thrilled before we really get into it.
2: Yeah, I mean, really when Luke just first walks out there and there is the you know the shot of him against the the army. It, it is it's one of my favorite shots in Star Wars. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I You know what I love about the the little walker adjustment too is this it's also just like it's totally George Lucas pulpy adventure serial of like sure I'm I'm sure you could make up a technical reason <laughs> <laughs> of why that walker basically has to like roll its shoulder before it <laughs> fires, but it's so about the flavor and the mood. It is not about logic or technology. Yeah. Like, there is, and I love it for that because yeah. it's 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 organic, not mechanical. Uh, even though it's literally a, a machine, it right, is right, it's, right. It's about storytelling. It's about making a choice that feels organic. Of, wouldn't it be great if the gorilla walker kind of settled before it fired? Like, yeah. it's so uh, human. And that's what I love about Star Wars. Not that it makes perfect sense all the time.
6: Yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, Just one of those little details. So great. Yep. Yep. Uh,
2: Then getting into the actual confrontation. uh, We already talked about it a little bit, but I just love that Kylo starts it with, uh, did you come here uh, to save my soul? (laughs) How firm Luke is on the No. (laughs) Just really setting the terms of the discussion of like, I am going to apologize uh yeah. but again two things can be true i messed up you really messed up yeah. <laughs> you made some yeah. bad choices you know yeah
6: i love it i even love uh, i love uh kylo's uh i bet you are i
2: i, I just one of those i just oh yeah no that that's uh definitely on my list too because i think mm-hmm. uh the delivery of i failed you ben i'm sorry it's so mm-hmm. honest and true and then a couple of screenings I went to got Kylo's response got a laugh because it's so petulant. That, I'm yeah. sure you are. It's yeah. so fast. It's so petulant. It's so not listening. You know, it's like yeah. a five year old. Totally. Totally. So what are some other uh, other moments for you?
6: I love uh, I call it the Matrix Duck from Luke. Um, mm. which is great. But then the follow-up is actually what I like even a little bit more. It's a good one-two punch. It's just what I call like these pure baseball swings from Kylo after he misses him, where he's just like, he's so <laughs> upset. He's so upset. And what, what is, the old man did this duck? Like, ah, and he just like starts taking these full swings. It's almost that like he, he doesn't even care if he's hitting him or not. He's just like the anger's coming out, the anger. He's starting to lose it even, so, even more. I just love that little, little one-two punch.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I refer to it as uh, Luke's big limbo dodge. Mm -hmm. I really like that shot of showing how close it is to his nose, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. And it has great tension when you're first watching it and going like, is he there? Uh, But then you also have that tension of like, Luke's really like, I can't just let the tip of my nose
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: pass through that. I really need to keep this convincing. Um, Mm -hmm. This is also, the the beginning of this fight uh, is perhaps one of Kylo's best uh, stomp ignitions. It's... So petulant in such a great contrast from Luke's, you know, centered defensive posture, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, of course he has in the original trilogy. Uh, It's well described that posture in the shadow of the Sith novel. That's his posture when you play him in battlefront two. So it's great to see that contrast between the, the petulant stomp and the, in the defensive crouch.
6: Yeah. I do love a good Kylo stomp.
2: So, so good. Um, I think, uh, for me, the, um, probably the biggest uh, uh, emotional thrill <laughs> mm-hmm. is the, uh, the the speech from Luke the amazing mm-hmm. every word of what you just said was wrong the rebellion is reborn today the war is just beginning and i will not be the last jedi it always always uh hits me uh, it always gets me uh so emotional the intercut with the heroes uh that it is applying to particularly ray uh luke's conviction that yep uh Mm -hmm. mistakes happen violence is to be avoided you don't want to perpetuate the fight but sometimes you have to stand up uh this this whole the way it's shot the way it's edited the way it's uh, the the way the physical duel is uh transitioning into just a total emotional duel uh and this is in some ways the 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 victory moment right yeah yeah (laughs) because it's the moment where we the audience understand that that luke does this is this is luke skywalker validates star wars (laughs) Mm
6: -hmm. yeah big theme there big core of this film absolutely yep
2: yep so uh, it's a big one it's a big one uh what are other moments for you
6: uh it's kind of the big final one i'll bring up but this what he says kind of leads into it this final break uh, of kylo and this big charge and the miss and there is this, um, I mean, not even a miss. He hits him, right? So uh, there's this wonderful uh, the three-part turn. It's one of my favorite Adam Driver moments. It is like, got him. Wait, did I? And let me slowly turn around and realize something's up. I just love it. I I think it plays out well uh, because also especially going back to the early viewings or, or the very first one, I'm in that same spot as Kylo, right? I I think I'm really – I, I'm like, I'm not recognizing why Luke's here. I'm not seeing the lightsaber. I'm not picking up on the salt. I'm I'm Kylo in this. And so I think it was uh it's just a great, great way to, to build up the reveal, uh, which is also a big throw moment, but I just love that little moment.
2: Yeah, no, the, the, the slow turn is absolutely great, especially after just not hearing anything that Luke said. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. I think it probably lodged in his soul. Cause it's basically a very similar thing that Ray says to him at the beginning of rise of Skywalker. Like, yeah, uh, killing me is just going to haunt you the way killing your father is haunting you,
6: yeah. um,
2: and not listening to that at all. The big baseball swing, as you said, yeah, <laughs> total lack of any elegance of you know the Jedi arts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but I feel like that slow turnaround is allowing the audience to be right in sync with Kylo, get yep. a, just a little bit ahead of Kylo. <laughs> but for me, I wrote down my my final favorite moment is that final slow poke where mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. and i really appreciated exactly the editing choice when i watched it today of you know by the time kylo's turned around the audience is going something's not right luke has tricked him in some way. Is luke maybe not there mm-hmm. and then the lightsaber goes through and his eyes flick up and on the eye flick up is when we jump to the edit of ascension really of luke floating mm-hmm from the highest spot of yeah. the first Jedi temple, you know, it's, yeah. uh, and it's edited so well to have the f- eyes flicking up of, with realization from Kylo leading us into this, you know, huge applause moment, you know? Yeah. And, and what a great film where like, uh, an older man is floating. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, but it's clearly an image of victory. Huge applause. Well what I
6: love about it too, and, and and this is breaking it down even, you know, beat by beat by beat by beat, but it, it, it the the reveal of Luke on the island, the applause that did happen and and the, and the joy that come from that was not maybe at the reveal, but at the confirmation of what we are realizing two seconds before before Kylo. Like you said, we're ahead of Kylo. And mm. so it's like you're you right. Wait a second, and then it's like, I yeah, I, that's that's it. <laughs> that's the thing. I knew it the whole time. Yeah, Uh yep. was part of the reaction.
2: Yeah, uh, so powerful, so great. Uh, any other moments that you want to talk about before we wrap up?
6: No, no, no. I think we hit them all there.
2: Yeah. So at the end of the battle, uh, h- how do you think Kylo is affected? We've we've been in Kylo's head for a lot of this episode. Uh, where do you think he's at?
6: I think he is more certain that he's got to do it the, quote, Kylo way. Uh, he can write some pamphlets on that, meaning he's just been absolutely played as a fool in front of Hux, the First Order, uh, and anyone who thinks he's watching. Maybe he thinks Ray is watching on a monitor. I don't know. And he knows that he can't kill the past. Like, literally, it's, uh, he knows he's wrong. And maybe, he, maybe even he'd love to send Mama text. But he, he's so on unsteady ground, he's so unsettled, he's so angry that the only thing he can do is just say, I'm right, but louder. And mm-hmm. that's kind of uh, a lot of what's going on. He picks up those dice and they disappear and then Hux is giving him the mm mm-hmm, uh, bad <laughs> day at the office. Uh, you know, so it's just, it, he knows everything, but it's only going to drive him forward, unfortunately, uh, in a bigger way.
2: Yeah. I I really love that the, the scream of no right when he realizes he's been had and like mm-hmm. all of his fears are confirmed. Uh his master his old Jedi master did know something he didn't. Uh Hux knew something he didn't. <laughs> Not that Luke Hux. was a force projection, but that he yeah. was being played, that he should have just charged forward, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um all of his fears confirmed, right? Mm-hmm. His inability to kill the past and, and become what he wants to to be, but then between the dice and and Ray shutting the door on their connection, I think yeah. it leaves him in this great, great uh, point of like, what do I want? Do I want to destroy it all? Do I want utter dominance, or do what I is what I really want? Connection, yeah, because I didn't get either of them. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he's sort of a loser on two fronts at the end of this of like, I'm sure I'm in charge of the first order and, and I can, you know, uh, push into that as as he's going to in between the films. Uh, Mm Um, but Mm -hmm. I did, I didn't kill the past. I didn't crush everyone and and prove my absolute dominance. And, uh, I don't have any connection that I maybe would have wanted with my father, with my mother, with Luke, and I don't have it with Ray and I got nothing. I got nothing, but Huck's given me (laughs) the stink guy. Yeah. I'm going to go
6: hang out with my friends from college. We're going to get the band back together. I'm going to go (laughs) run the galaxy. And then, you know, threats emerge. So I better go get that helmet and put my shield on and destroy all threats to
2: me. Yep. Uh, Raging across the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Great thoughts. So out of 10 lightsabers fully ignited, how many lightsabers do you personally give this duel?
6: I'm sticking where I was. Nine out of 10. And at least two of those points are for the themes and what's going on. Cause I do agree. The fight itself uh, is different and shorter than maybe you'd expect, or it at times even want, but I think just everything about this, everything we've talked about, the look, the feel, the stakes, the themes, uh, the screams, the groans of the walkers. It is a nine out of 10 for me.
2: Yeah. The sound of the blades, the staring, the posturing, all that. Yeah. I'm giving it nine out of 10 as well. And I think, there are a lot of things that make duels in fights powerful in Star Wars. And you can have the just sort of like uh, raw, furious, uh, epic uh, in scope uh, uh, battle of, of Anakin and Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. And that can be a huge, great example of what like the epitome of a lightsaber fight is. But this one is also the epitome of a lightsaber fight because it is boiled down just to the pure ideas of, Why are we fighting? What is a duel? Ultimately, it's a test of uh, knowledge and skill. And uh, this is Luke showing his absolute mastery at being a Jedi. He won this duel eight different ways, you know? Yeah. So... Big nine out of 10. All right. With that, again, we are getting close to wrapping up our series on lightsaber fights. But for now, you want to let people know where they can find us.
6: It was an 18 out of 20 day, and it was a lot <laughs> of fun discussing it. It's, uh, we are the Force Center Podcast. We can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pub. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can subscribe over there and join us for our live monthly QA shows and more. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different spots. Just check, just search. You'll find us. And if you want to give us a rating and review, while you're there, we'd love that as well. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. If you're there, you can be one of those supporters that submits a power of the light side. Uh, we do that on our uh, shows, our, our uh, question shows. If uh, we get those from our uh, patron supporters, great stuff. Great inspirational stories from Star Wars fans. You can follow me at catnapsock Go to my website. Kennapsock.com. We talked a lot about music. Yeah, I do love music. I have a radio show called Pop Rock and Radio on Mixcloud. You can link to it from my website. Joseph, where can they find you?
2: Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com for links to all the other stuff I'm doing, including as this episode is dropping, I'm in Minneapolis at the Great Convention Convergence. So if you are listening to a Star Wars podcast and then going to Convergence, uh, come see my shows. All that information is on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Kylo's angry stomp, and for Ken, this has been forcing.